He's one of the great performers I have ever seen. His name is Frank Ferrante. If you've not seen this guy, you need to. He's he Frank, you hearken back to old school comedians in so many different ways. In fact, the show Cabaret Zazoo is like a burlesque meets Cirque de Soleil meets something happening that's really contemporary. Have I got anything right there? Yeah, all of it. Cabaret, Supper Club, uh, stand-up. I think you've got it. I think it's all in there. Well, yeah, right. Supper Club is a big part of it because seeing Cabaret Zazu includes my favorite thing, dessert. And that includes <laughs> dinner as well. So... Yeah, it's and and the food is pretty good too. So tell me about Cabaret Zazu because I'm sure you can do better at explaining all this than I just did. Well, I, you did a pretty darn good job, Steve. Well, thank you. Uh, it's it's but it is it's not always easy to describe the show because there's so much involved in terms of the kinds of entertainment. I do interactive comedy. I and it's it's part, what I do is part stand up. It's audience interactive. I play a character. I do three different acts. I'm telling a story throughout the evening. And the evening consists of acts from all over the world, circus acts. There's a a trapeze act. There's a juggling act. There's a contortion act. There is also great singing and dancing and a live band. And all of it happens uh, in the middle of this 100-year-old tent on the 14th floor of the Cambria Hotel in the Theater District. You never would know it was there. It's two floors. It's the 14th and 15th floor. And it's beautiful. The environment's incredible. But I think what makes it particularly uh, impacting and, and exciting, exhilarating, is the fact that you're inches away from the entertainers. They're above your head. They're right at your tables. And uh, you, you get to sit with your, with your guests. So you're, you're having your cocktails, you're having your your four courses, you're having the whole the dessert, as you say, uh, right there amidst the entertainment. There's nothing quite like. I don't know anything like it like uh, like it in the in the country right now, Steve. I'm sure you're right. And for you, more than any other performer, every other show, every every show is different because you interact with the audience members, and the audience members aren't the same every show. They have different things to say. What are one or two examples? I thought I saw online that there was, maybe I'm wrong, so I'm in trouble by even going out, but a hundred-year-old woman went to see the play? Yeah, I brought on all ages. I brought on kids on stage. I brought a hundred-year-old woman on stage uh, and, and claimed that she was my first love. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, I get it all, and that's—I think I bring eight people on stage during the course of the evening, and I make sure that these are people that hopefully want to be on stage. These are usually people that are having the best time, the laughers and the smilers. But yeah, it's—it's it's, and we get. You know, there's, there was just a, last night I jumped into some guy's arms and he carried me, you know, across the stage. There was a, a man who did a handstand on stage. He was an old gymnastics coach. Um, you name it, it's happened <laughs> under that tent. It gets wild there. And we give license for the audience to have a good time because we're, I'm so rambunctious. The show is raucous. Uh, and it's also quite moving. We, you know, it's, it, as you see, as you've seen, there's the range. There's the beautiful singing of a Liv Warfield, 
brings the house down with her with her blues and her rock and roll. Uh, she's killer. Oh uh, yeah, to, I mean, you know, to big laughs. It, you know, I go for the big laughs in the show, but it's got poetic moments and it's got raucous moments. It's got uh, moments that will make you cheer. Uh, I've never seen. You know, there's a trapeze act like I've never seen where you you can't believe they're working without a net. But yeah, I get different. It's it's the beauty of this particular show is that we're seeing all kinds of people of different ages, different backgrounds, like I've never seen in the 30-plus years that I've been entertaining. Well, for uh, working without a net, that's exactly what you also do in a very, very different way. Uh, but that, By the way, the 100-year-old woman, the truth is her first love, her first date ever, with that was with Paul Lisnick. But let me is let me true? ask. Yeah, that is true. So <laughs> let, it is. So let me let me ask you because there are people that go to this stuff and are thinking, "Oh my gosh, I don't want to be chosen." I, can you tell yeah. by looking into someone's eyes that they're just dying to be part of the show, and other people are saying, "Nope, don't choose me." Right. Well, I've gotten pretty darn good at knowing who not to pick. And it's interesting. I uh, I've picked. I mean, there's different moments. There's t- sometimes I put people through the you know, through the ropes. You know, I, I put them through their uh, little uh, sketch, little sketches I do, and 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 they love it. And some some may be a little more shy. And by the end, the person will say to me, "I'm so happy I did that. This is not necessarily my comfort zone, but I feel better for it, which makes me feel great." You well, know, I've had I've pulled. It sounds corny, but I've put I've. I brought people on stage, a woman on stage who said, yeah, I haven't danced in, in 20 years or, or my husband passed away a year ago. And this is the first time I've laughed. Oh. And that makes you feel great. Uh, and they'll whisper this stuff to me, like during an audience dance. And it's, it makes me feel, I feel like I'm doing my job, Steve, when, when the response is like that. And you are so quick to come up with Thanks. the responses that you do. I don't know how you stay on top of it from show to show to show. This show, as you mentioned, 14th floor of the Cambria Hotel. It's at 32 West Randolph Street, downtown. And you never know what's going to happen. It's a great show to, you know, to bring an anniversary, a birthday, something like that, I think. And you have been extended, I believe. I have, but and, and you, what you say is so true about there's a certain romance to this venue because it has this old time European vibe with the, you know, with the velvety fabric and the lighting and the hand carved wood, and I was supposed to close uh, next week, uh, end of April, and I've been extended through August, uh, August 27th, which makes me so happy because I feel very at home in Chicago now. And I have a lot of friends like you and, and friends of mine in the, in the media and uh, various merchants are in the area. And, of course, everyone who works at Cabaret Zazu, I become close to. And audiences, you know, we're getting a, I get to know, I become friends with audience members, and they come back two, three, four times. I can see, to see the show, or they yeah. might see I saw you two years ago or five years ago in Groucho, the other show I do. Uh, and that is, that's why I'm happy to be staying here. I love the idea of being here during the summer in Chicago delights me. And I like, you know, you, you find your rhythm here. What, what restaurants to go to, what bar to go to, where to go shopping, uh, where to just take a walk. That has been so much fun for me. Are you, I su- love it. 
Are you surprised at the vibrancy of because there's all this negative stuff on occasion that we hear about Chicago? So let's talk. Let me ask it the other way around. Are you surprised at the vibrancy of the theater scene downtown? Not only your show, but just in general in Chicago. Uh, well, you know, I grew up knowing about the Chicago theater scene from the time I was a teenager, early teens. And I went to Book of Mormon this week. I saw Lion King. Anytime I went to the Goodman, I saw Tony Stone. Um, so I like to support the, the, you know, the other shows that come through town or originate here or, or do limited runs here, uh, like at the Goodman and so forth. And, and uh, you know, I go to the Magic Lounge. There is a vibrant scene here. I feel safe here. Uh, I'm walking around, you know, after the show, I walk from the, from the Cambria back to my apartment, which is pretty close, but I always feel comfortable. I see people that are, the restaurants are bustling. The restaurants right around in the theater district are bustling like the Dearborn. And, and these are, you know, these, everyone is supporting each other in this community. So, you know, if there's any reticence from those who are in the, in the suburbs, I'd say, let that go. Don't let that stop you from seeing something that's going to transport you, take you into other worlds and to give you great joy and laughter. You know, come see these shows. Transport you, take you to another world. I think that's the perfect way to describe Cabaret Zazu. And by the way, if you are interested, it is Cabaret and then Zazu, your ordinary spelling of Zazu, which is Z A. Z-O-U. You mentioned Groucho. I want to talk to you about the one, the only Groucho, and about other people you happen to meet along the way, like Milton mm-hmm. Berle, Sid Caesar, Robin Williams. Your list is quite long, and we will do that when we come back on WGN with the one and only Frank Ferrante. Frank Ferrante is appearing in Cabaret Zazu, but you mentioned, Frank, that... You you also do this other show about Groucho. Groucho Marx I'm talking about. I don't know many people who have met Groucho Marx. Tell me about how you doing Groucho Marx all came about. Well, I loved I loved comedy since I was a kid. And particularly the Marx Brothers when I first saw the Marx Brothers movie A Day at the Races. And when when you're nine and ten, you're not I wasn't fully aware of what they were doing. But I knew it was irreverent and wrong and incorrect and over the top. And I wanted to be like these guys, Steve. And so I started uh, studying the Marx Brothers. I went to the local library, read all about them. And that expanded into a research of all those great comedians of the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Uh, I remember reading a great book by Steve Allen called The Funny Man. And it was, you know, Durante was in it, and Benny and Groucho. And so that just became an obsession of mine. Uh, and so I, that my fantasy was to do what they did. And here I am, you know, you know, 50 years later doing just that. So I had the great fortune of, I'm what, maybe one of the few people, I mean, I don't know how many people are around now, but I've seen new Groucho or seen Groucho live. I'm one of them. And well, I was a boy when my father took me to see him, uh, promote a book and he was 86 years old and it was unforgettable. He was, you know, body was shot. Steve, but the mind was still still there enough. You know, the gears were still <laughs> turning, uh, and he was shuffling and glassy-eyed, and and uh, it was an event where he prom- was promoting this book, and someone asked Groucho, Groucho, what do you what do you dream about? And he looked at the person and said, this woman, and said, 
not you. <laughs> of course, the audience goes crazy. And, uh, you know, these, this is the kind of, you know, he was just so, so wrong. And, and one, you know, we wanted to be insulted by, by Groucho Marx. He used to say, I can't, I can't insult anyone anymore. Everybody wants to be insulted by me. So even when, even when he wanted to, he couldn't because people consider that a supreme gesture from Groucho Marx to be insulted because he was the king of the insult. And then it's some led to me doing the show yeah. know, about Groucho when I was in college. Yeah, I was just going to ask about that. And what's really interesting is that yes, you played you've played in a variety of shows, including uh, Broadway, uh, where mm-hmm. you played Groucho, and now tour the country doing it. But this isn't just some impersonation of Groucho. For example, you were the executor of Groucho's daughter's estate, if I've got that right, and also his son's estate, yet the son and the daughter didn't talk to one another, but they sure talked to you. That's true. I was the trustee for, for Miriam Marks, Groucho's daughter, and Arthur Marks, Groucho's son, and I was I, I held the med- medical di- directive on, on both of them. Uh, they trusted me. I became very close. Once Arthur Marks, who wrote a show about his father, Groucho, for New York and London that I did, 35 years ago, we, we became particularly close. We became family. So they entrusted me with their father's legacy, and I run Groucho Marx Productions, which represents the name and likeness of, of Groucho. All that came from my passion and my uh, adoration of this great comedian. Uh, and it took me to New York when, when I was in my early 20s in the show that Arthur wrote and uh, to 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 talk about, you know, to touch on what you were referencing, I got to meet a lot of people, uh, the funny people that I loved. Uh, when I was in New York at 23, I did a photo shoot with Phyllis Diller, uh, for <laughs> example. Uh, we had, the, we, you know, our show had the same press representative as Phyllis Diller. So she was, I show up in Groucho makeup to her suite in, in right in, in Midtown, right in the Midtown, New York, right in the, right in the middle of it all. And she was so gracious. Here I was, this unknown 23-year-old kid in Groucho makeup, and she offered to take my jacket. She hangs up my jacket. She was so kind. And it was, you know, Phyllis Diller got her big break on You Bet Your Life on Groucho Show. Welcome, welcome to You Bet Your Life. Save the secret wide and divide an extra hundred dollars, et cetera. And so I got to meet people like Phyllis Diller and Henny Youngman saw the show and and uh, he said to me, you know, Frank, you do Groucho better than Groucho, which is not true. <laughs> but it was very kind of him. And uh, and then he gave me a, his business card that uh, he goes, uh, Frank, here's my pride and joy. Of course, it was a picture of pride and joy cleanser. Uh, and then <laughs> he gave me another business card that, you know, the the world's uh, greatest phone, you know, greatest phone numbers. And it was the Pope and it was the president and, you know, the, and then it was Henny Youngman, et cetera. And so, you know, he was a, it was brilliant. I had lunch with him at the Friars Club in New York. And at the end of lunch, Henny Youngman says to me, Frank, if you ever need a friend, get a dog. <laughs> and, and so, you know, so uh, imagine me as tw- a 23-year-old from Pasadena, California. I'm now at Carnegie, the Carnegie Deli in Manhattan, and I'm sitting with Henny Youngman and Maury Amsterdam of the Dick Van Dyke Show and Arthur Marks, son of Groucho, who wrote the show I was doing, Groucho Alive and Review. And there I am. There we all are over corned beef sandwiches. I'm in heaven. I'm in comedy heaven with these guys. Oh, gosh, so yes. I was, tell tell so me I was about, tell me about uh, Milton Berle introducing you to the Friars Club. Yes, so about 10 years, or, I'd say 1994, after the May, there was a major earthquake, that North, Northridge earthquake, and I 
I figured this would be a good time to go to the Friars Club to, to meet Uncle Milty because I realized no one was going to be at the Friars Club of Beverly Hills after a, a disaster, but Milton Berle because he was he was you know committed regular, and of course he was there. I call and I find out that Milton was there. I show up with a two hundred dollar box of cigars, which I probably put on a credit card. Uh, it was a fortune for me then, and I figured I still I want to meet Uncle Milty. So I show up, I get past. <laughs> get past the uh, receptionist, Alice, who was right out of central casting. And then I go upstairs and I introduce myself. And the, uh, I told, I, I said, I met you. I met you when I was a teenager, when you were doing Guys and Dolls at the Amundsen in L.A. I was doing Guys and Dolls doing Nathan Detroit, too, in high school when I came to see you. And I said to you, uh, Mr. Burrow, I read your book. And he goes, let me guess. I said, oh, you're the one. and i said yes that's what you said to me so he said and he sponsored my membership to the renowned flyers club which was started by entertainers mostly comedians and in exchange for a performance uh of of, of an evening with groucho and uh you know he was it was an amazing thing i would sit with milton burrow at the flyers club and ask you know i remember he'd had a, a stroke and i remember helping him light a cigar and he was very, it was a very poignant moment, but also I'd say, he'd say, oh, Francis, Francis, he would call me. I said, I, I, I can't believe I'm effing 89 years old. I can't believe it. He goes, he goes, I said, and he goes, I can't make love anymore. I'm putting this delicately. Uh, he didn't quite say it like that. He said something else. And I said, no, I said, Milton, don't tell me that. I turned to you in every area for inspiration. Then he says to me, well, now you can turn to me for constipation. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, not hilarious, but still fast. And um, he made me laugh. So I got to see all these guys. That, you know, when I was a boy in the 70s, and late 60s, 70s, early 80s, these guys were, you know, were at the end of their careers, guys like Milton Berle and Sid Caesar and George Burns and Bob Hope. Uh, and But I grew up watching them at, you know, toward the end of their, their peaks, you know, as their peak, as they were descending. And I still loved them. And Sid Caesar was one of my favorite comedians always, and he was also a member of the Friars Club. And you know, he you know he went through years of um, he survived years of drinking and pill taking and and bottomed out and came back. Yeah, uh, but he was it was very became very philosophical as he got older. He was mm-hmm. the opposite of Milton Berle, who was still a puncher, you know, real a real like um, crowd worker. And that's what I am in, in the Cabaret Zazu and as Groucho. I'm a crowd. I work the crowd. I learn from all those guys. Like yes. Groucho you, and Pearl. There's a little but, bit in, in going to Cabaret Zazu. There's a little bit of all those guys in you. Believe it or not, we're out of time, man. I could talk to you literally okay. all day. I know. 32 well, I West Randolph Street. That's where you want to go. 14th floor of the Cambria Hotel. Cabaret Zazu. To see this guy, Frank Ferrante, thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. See you there, Steve. Hope to see you again. You will. Thank you. Bye-bye.